General Norman Schwarzkopf is a decorated American hero. Three months before his retirement from the Army, he made a speech to the Corps of Cadets at West Point. He said, to be a 21st century leader, you must have two things, competence and character. He's right, you know. One without the other is a sure road to disaster. In the Bible, Daniel had both character and competence. He would have made a great leader in any century. When the pressure was on, his core convictions kept him from compromising with the culture. Competence is something you can gain over time with hard work. But character is who you are when nobody is looking. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. When enemies come against you or try to harm you, their actions reveal their character. They can also reveal your own. Hello, welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's hard to get a good read on someone's character until they face adversity. That's when our true character is revealed. Today, Ron takes a look at what genuine, godly character looks like. Stay with us now or drop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Daniel chapter 2 and his teaching series, Standing Strong. Let's join Ron for today's Something Good Radio message, Character Under Pressure. Norman Schwarzkopf was uh, a general in the United States Army. He served in the Gulf War. Many of you are familiar with him. And while he served in the Gulf War, he was the commander of the United States Central Command. Many years after the war, he was addressing the Corps of Cadets at the United States uh, Military Academy in West Point. And his words are, um, well, they kind of went viral. His words to leaders. He said to the Corps of Cadets, to be a 21st century leader, you must have two things, competence and character. He says, I've met a lot of leaders that were very competent, but they didn't have character. For every job they did well in the army, they sought reward in the form of promotions, in the form of awards and decorations, in the form of getting ahead at the expense of somebody else, in the form of another piece of paper that awarded them another degree. The only reason they wanted that was because it was a sure road to a faster promotion to somehow get to the top. You see, these were very competent people, he says, but they lacked character. And that's sort of what it's all about, to lead in the 21st century, to take soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coast guardsmen into battle. You will be required to have both competence and character. And General Schwarzkopf was right. He hit the nail right on the head. Somebody once said that character is who you are when nobody is looking. That's a pretty good definition. The problem is I can't think of a time when nobody is looking because God is always looking. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9 that the eyes of the Lord run back and forth across the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely his. 
I often think about that verse when I'm on an airplane and I'm 30,000 feet above the earth and I look out the window and I imagine the Lord's eyes scanning the earth back and forth, looking for somebody, somebody whose heart is completely his. And he says, I want to pour myself strong into that person. And I pray at that moment, God, may that be me. I want to be that kind of person. So maybe a better uh, definition of character was given by Thomas Paine, who says, reputation is what men and women think of us. Character is what God and angels know of us. What does God know about you? What do the angels of heaven know about you when nobody else is looking? That may define your character and my character uh, more than anything else. We're in this series of messages titled Standing Strong. We're studying through the book of Daniel. Daniel is a man of competence. He's a man of character. He's also a man of courage. I'll add one to General Schwarzkopf's uh, list of things that you need to lead in the 21st century. Daniel's all three of those things. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that character often reveals itself when the pressure is on. You and I are kind of like sponges. You want to know what's inside a sponge? Just squeeze it, <laughs> and all that stuff comes out, right? Well, we're kind of like that. You know, when the pressure comes in and when the world squeezes in on us, when the times are tough and we get squeezed hard for one reason or another, that's when stuff comes out of it. Sometimes it's good stuff. Sometimes it's bad stuff. Sometimes it reveals good character. Sometimes it reveals, uh, reveals a flaw in our character. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, about standing strong. Daniel was the man who models for us in Daniel chapter 2, character under pressure. He's going to model character and competence and courage throughout the book of Daniel. He's already modeled some of that for us in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, later, when he gets thrown into the fiery furnace with his three friends or when he gets thrown into the lion's den, I mean, there, there's, there's character, there's competence, there's great courage in Daniel. But in Daniel chapter 2... Character, his character is on display. It's under pressure. And we can learn some things about what character looks like, how it responds under pressure. Now, Daniel chapter 2 is a fascinating chapter in the Bible and in the book of Daniel. And we're going to take two weeks to go through it. It's 49 verses. The first 39 verses deal with a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. And with the dream comes some drama. And we're going to talk about that dream and that drama and some do's and don'ts about character under pressure this week. Next week, we'll talk about the interpretation of the dream. Now, this was a dream that was given 25, 2,600 years ago. And it's our first indication, our first introduction to Bible prophecy from the book of Daniel. We're going to go back to the future because from Daniel's time of hearing this dream from the king, it was all future, but to us, it's history. But from that time forward, it was in the future, and we're going to be amazed. This is the kind of message next week, you're going to want to get a front row seat and lean in. This is fascinating stuff. You're going to be amazed at the detail and the precision of how what we know as history today was prophecy in Daniel's time, revealed to a king, interpreted by Daniel in such amazing detail, you're going to want to be here next week to hear that. But in the meantime, character under pressure. And in Daniel chapter 2, it begins in verse 1 when it says, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, 
Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Now, about 25, 26 centuries ago, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar who was sleepless in Babylon. Not sleepless in Seattle, no. He was sleepless in Babylon. This king says, I had a dream. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. Stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and inspired a nation. He was inspired. He says, I have a dream. This king, 25, 2600 years ago, had a dream. It didn't inspire him. It frightened him to the core. Have you ever had a dream like that? Sometimes we call it a nightmare. I had a dream this week, and I, you know, I don't remember my dreams very often, but this was a vivid dream. I don't know. Maybe I dreamed because I was reading and studying about dreams and know I was going to be talking about a king's dream, but I had a dream this week. There were people in the dream that I haven't talked to or seen in years. Now, there wasn't anything prophetic about the dream, and quite frankly, I don't even remember the dream at this point, but I, I woke up in a fit in the morning. You know, you just have one of those dreams. Sometimes we call them nightmares. The king had a dream, even a series of dreams like that. And the first thing he did was he called together his wise guys. He called together the best of the wisdom of the world at that time. Uh, you see him listed in verse 2. The magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans. He summoned them into his presence. His, his default mechanism was to reach out to the wise men, to all these enchanters and astrologers, and say, hey, you know, I, I, I need you to interpret my dream. He didn't just tell them to interpret the dream. He told them, tell me my dream and the interpretation. By the way, who do you reach out to you when you need some wisdom? When you're frightened by something, and, yeah, and you, who, who are your wise guys or your wise gals? I hope it's not the astrology page or the horoscope page. Back during the time when Ronald Reagan was president and the assassination attempt was made on his life, and fortunately he wasn't killed, but he was in the hospital for a while, we learned later that his wife, Nancy Reagan, who was frightened by the assassination attempt, sought the advice of astrologers and brought them into the White House. And that's the way she made decisions about her husband's schedule. Are you kidding me? Don't seek the astrologers. The best of worldly wisdom were in these wise guys. By the way, fast forward about five or 600 years to Bethlehem when the wise men showed up. It came out of this tradition, a tradition that dates back to ancient times when kings had, well, the enchanters and the sorcerers, and the magicians. You know, those kinds of guys that you can find on cable television who are, uh, you know, uh, sorcerers, or uh, they can read your mind, or they can look into your, you know, dead relatives, what they're saying. Most of them are frauds and charlatans. And all of this kind of reminds me, hold your place here in Daniel chapter 2, and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, and listen to what the Bible says about the wisdom of man. Verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? You bet he has. And 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul pointed out to the Corinthians who were immersed in the Greek culture, which were putting out, you know, the best worldly wisdom and philosophy that the world knew at that time. And he said, where are the wise? Where are the philosophers? Where are the scribes? And he pointed to the cross of Jesus Christ that the world says is foolishness. It said it 2,000 years ago, and there's still people today who point to the cross of Christ and say, what, what is that all about? But the wisdom of God was on display, redeeming the world through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's the wisdom of God, even the cross of Christ, that makes foolish the wisdom of man. Well, you back that up five, six centuries to the time of Daniel, and God is about to make foolish. I mean, just make them out to be nothing, no-nothing fools. He's going to make the wisdom of man to look foolish in Daniel chapter 2 here. Make sure that when you need wisdom, your wise guys and your wise gals are steeped in the Word of God. All the wisdom and the treasury of knowledge is found in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Standing Strong. Visit somethinggoodradio.org for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, sign up for our free monthly resource, Something Good Digital Magazine. Each month, you'll receive sermon videos, audio messages, and Ron's on-air answers to some of life's toughest questions all delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe today at somethinggoodradio.org. The story of Daniel not only reveals the character of men, it shows us the wisdom of God. We'll tap into that wisdom next in the rest of today's message, Character Under Pressure. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Read on beginning in verse four. It says, then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Don't you love how these guys buttered up the king, you know? They never say, O king, die tomorrow. It's always, O king, live, live forever. Okay. Tell your servants the dream and we'll show the interpretation. Well, of course you will. Yeah, you tell me the dream and I, I can come up with an interpretation for you. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, listen to this, you shall be torn from limb to limb, and your house shall be laid in ruins. Nebuchadnezzar was a ruthless, ruthless king. But if you show me the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. And they answered a second time and said, let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show its interpretation. And the king answered and said, 
I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word from me is firm. If you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. And the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand, for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. That's about the closest thing to the truth that these guys ever said. The king said, so you show me what I dreamed and then tell me the interpretation. And, and they couldn't do it. The wisest of the wise men, the best in worldly wisdom came at the summons of the king and they were made to look foolish. It says in verse 12, because of this, the king was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. <laughs> now the pressure's on. Oh, is the pressure on. Now the pressure was on the wise men to produce not just the interpretation, but also the dream they couldn't do it. The decree went out from ruthless Nebuchadnezzar, eliminate all of them. And Daniel and his three friends by now were in service to the king. They were part of the wisdom, you know, of Babylon. And that decree came to Daniel and his three friends. Now character is under pressure. How's Daniel going to respond? Well, I've got some do's and don'ts for you. And the rest of the the passage we'll look at today, some do's and don'ts about how character under pressure responds. One don't, four do's, all right? How's that for positive versus negative? The first don't is don't panic. Don't panic. I look at it there in uh, beginning in verse 14. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. Uh, the news came to Daniel, and while everybody else was in a panic, I mean a full-on panic, and you can understand that. I mean, these wise guys are not just about to lose their jobs, they're about to lose their lives because they can't give the king what he wants. But the news comes to Daniel, and I don't know, Daniel's kind of standing alone here. He, he's Mr. Calm and Cool. And a guy named Arioch, who was Nebuchadnezzar's uh, henchman here to carry out the decree, uh, he, you know, Daniel calls him and says, you know, hey, Eric, what, what, what's going on here? The Bible says Daniel replied with prudence and discretion, not with panic. Hey, when, when, when you get news of, well, some bad news that are maybe out of your control, maybe some medical news, or, or maybe, maybe you find out that uh, your division at your company is getting sold off or closed down and everybody got a pink slip on Friday, are you the one that's panicking like everybody else? Or are you calm and cool and collected because you know God's in control? I, Dan, Daniel, Daniel just replied with prudence, with discretion, with calm. 
while everybody else was spinning out of control like a Tasmanian, Dan Daniel's just inquiring, you know, what's going on here? Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10 comes to my mind. Um, Isaiah says, do not fear, for I am with you. The Lord says, do not be anxious. Look around you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a good one to remember when the news comes and you're tempted to panic. Secondly, do what is humanly possible. It says, Daniel declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? He's just entering into a conversation with him calmly. Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. I love what Daniel does here. He, he, he's calm. He gets into a conversation with Arioch, and then he, he goes directly to the king and sets an appointment with the king to share with him the interpretation now. What kind of faith is that? Thanks so much for being here for Ron's message, Character Under Pressure. We'll pick it up right here tomorrow when Ron continues his series, Standing Strong. Join us then for Something Good. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. For the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission, it takes partnership. It always has. Today, Ron wants to invite you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through our Something Good Radio broadcast. When you partner with us, we'll send a few welcome gifts your way, including a free subscription to Something Good devotional magazine, plus the special gifts we offer each day here on Something Good Radio. To join the 828 Club today, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'd love to send you the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, Standing Strong. In this outstanding seven-message series, Dr. Ron Jones takes us inside the life of Daniel, a man who shows us how we can be a light in an ever-darkening world. Even when we find ourselves living in a godless, depraved culture, that's Standing Strong, our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. 
Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. If you're a brand new listener, we'd like to welcome you to the Something Good Radio family with a special gift, a free copy of the latest issue of Something Good devotional magazine. Get yours today by clicking on the new listener button at somethinggoodradio.org. It's great to learn a lesson about leadership and about character under pressure, and Daniel instructs us there. But that isn't going to help you out one bit unless you're in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because you can't live like Daniel, I can't live like Daniel without the power of God in us. And that only happens when you're in a right relationship with God through faith in Christ. How does that happen? You get to the cross as quickly as you can. You come as a sinner who needs a Savior. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Character Under Pressure. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.